Welcome to West of the Midwest, a podcast where this brother and sister share our experiences in life and how we grow along the way. Join us as we dive into the mind-blowing differences between the Pacific Northwest and Midwest cultures, people, health, politics, and more. No topic is off limits here. So sit back and relax as we hit the road. Vroom, vroom. How was your weekend? So far, been uh, been fairly uneventful. Yesterday, um, Shelby's back to work, so me and the kids cleaned everything around the house and picked up the house and did all the house things. And by the time she got home, I was so exhausted, I just went to bed. When you say cleaned everything around the house, what is what does that look like for you guys? Hurting four or three young boys to try to convince them to help all day while they have somewhat poor attitudes the whole time, usually. <laughs> but I trade. Yeah. We do trade um, game time or money for their chores. So mm-hmm. incentive program there and. They were, throughout most of the day, they were fairly, um, like, okay throughout. Like, they have their periods, right, where they're just, like, done with it. And that's when I'm learning how to take breaks for them. I don't know what a break is. I haven't had a break since Shelby went back to work, (laughs) other than the vacation, which was nice. But Do you break it up by task by age or length of time by age? Like, how long they're doing these tasks or getting work done around the house well the two olders are they just have the same things mm-hmm. and the little one he yeah age appropriate stuff but we cleaned all four bathrooms in our house i did all the mirrors wow. and lucas did all the counters and our little one did all the floors and vacuumed the floors and then our oldest Braden, he did all the toilets that's awesome but we yeah, we broke it all up, and um, yeah, I, I think it's just a lot, right? We have a big house, we have a lot of kids, and they make. We do a lot. have a big house. <laughs> so, Those vaulted ceilings are nice, though. There's a lot of mess, so we. And I was trying to kind of instill that in them to say, "Hey, look, like we created this problem. We should help mom fix it." We didn't get to any so, laundry. Actually, that's not true. I did one load myself. We didn't fold any laundry, but it was just, it was everything we could to like keep the day going, keep the kids going, and then throughout the day, take breaks because they do electronics in between. And So I kind of want to go back to that. You, you mentioned Shelby's back to work. Uh, how long of a gap did she have? Because she's been raising all of your kids. Oh, she worked the whole time. I mean... And started working outside the house. Yeah, that's what I mean. So she's she's always run um, home businesses, run the household, did, you know, homesteading, prepping, um, you know, everything from scratch and running the day-to-days. That's a full-time job, plus some of the side businesses. But now that she's working outside the house, what? how long has that been? 13 years. So quite an adjustment for everybody. Yeah, we're not going to get used to it probably till February. <laughs> what are what are some what are some unexpected positives and maybe some unexpected negatives that you you guys hadn't anticipated because I think you can only plan for so much. So if somebody were to ask you, "Hey, this is something my my family and I are looking to go in 
um, into sending, you know, having my wife go back to work outside the house, uh, what would you say to them? I, it's hard to find the positives, I guess, because I still don't, I don't know, I don't see a lot of them other than, it. I guess it just depends on her days, right? If she comes home and she had a bad day, it's like, oh, well, that sucked. She had a bad day, so I'm like, come back home. <laughs> and then if she has a good day at work, then it's great for her because then she's happy. So it kind of just hinges on whether or not she actually finds enjoyment out of it and enjoys it or she doesn't. Like, it's going to take a lot longer, I think, to be able to look back on it and see if it's better for her or not. And I don't want to, like... I just don't want to be like the factor on whether or not she likes it or not. I'd rather just support her where she's at, support her in what she's doing, and then maintain that level of support throughout and try to just do the best we can with what we have and not be like a, a Debbie Downer. I don't mean to throw Debbie under the bus, but. And what, what do you mean by, <laughs> by support her? Is this, this is a decision you guys didn't, you don't need the finances. So her going back to work is just for extra income and for her um, mental and emotional health to, to be doing something outside of the home. Or what does that look like for you guys? The finance side, I don't know if the trade-off for time and money makes sense. Mm, okay, from so that's my, still to be determined. But then from her end, she feels like it does. So the feeling matters more than the actual money. Understood. Uh, so it's feelings. It's not It's not financially based. In the, Well, from her end, it, it is. She actually believes it's financially based. From my end, I'm going, I don't want the money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the part where it's tough because, like, you – if you commit to something and you say you're going to do it, you just support her in it regardless, whether you feel like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you feel like you don't want to do it or not, it doesn't matter. You support your wife and you make sure you take care of her in that time and you support her in, in all the areas you can regardless because you're the husband and yeah. that's what you need to do. And if you don't like it, oh, well, get over yourself, like humble yourself and be a better, be a better husband. <laughs> You know, and then it helps me, I guess, there is a good side to all this where it's helping me um, to become a better father because there's those times where she's not around. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm, i you know, leaning into God because he's the only thing I can lean into and actually count on because yeah. she's not there. So who do I have? Well, I got God. And there's times that it, it's my kids are teaching me like by the minute what it is to be a father so yeah i don't again i don't know i i like the idea of you know the biblical family right where husband go make money and come home and take care of family you know mom take care of the family and and this whole trade-off of time it's like i think short term it's gonna be good but i don't know long term if it like pans out as to what we had hoped maybe yeah and that's just hard to tell like and i don't again i don't want to like kick the legs out from under her and and say oh it didn't work you know that's craziness like no yeah you, you give it your best shot you give it your best go and you do it and you do it until you don't you feel like you can't do it anymore right and then you keep doing it because if that's truly <clears throat> how she's gonna find joy then there's no way i'm ever gonna not 
try to support her in that. Like if she finds true joy, whether she's happy or not, if she's finding joy in it, enjoys it and feels like she's getting what she needs out of it mentally and emotionally, then get out of the way, Brian. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just important that she knows that I care about her and I love her and I want her to be happy when I, and whether that happy is prolonged or not. I don't want to like be the reason it's not, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. the reason it is, then great. Like if, but I don't want to be the reason it's not. That makes sense. And cause I, we committed to it. She said she wanted it. We're going to do it. Like it doesn't matter what the day to day is. We need to, as a family come together and we need to, learn each day i mean we've learned so much like our we have literal lists for the boys that like because there are boys are they're better with structure like they're happier kids and they're great kids they're just they when things are defined for them and they know exactly what the expectations are Mm -hmm. they seem to be like less stressed and even if they don't like what those expectations are and don't enjoy them they're less because they know the bar and then dad's thing now my thing is like set the expectation but then let them uh work to achieve it on their own like there's areas they're exceeding in because you know as i step back they're they're starting to fill those shoes in Mm -hmm. be more responsible and and be um just more mindful of the timelines around these things. And then when they don't, I need to just remove myself emotionally from those things and then apply, you know, wisdom to it and just consequence, right? Hey, you did great. Here's your consequence. Hey, you didn't do so good. Here's your consequence. Like just level headed. Like I'm more so how I would do at work, you know, mm-hmm. just, well, this or this, like pick one and you picked it. So you, you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. So I'm learning that part over like week to week. I'm getting better. I'm not good at it for, by any means <laughs> to admit that, you know, I have work to do on myself, you know? Sure. I, I, I will say from a uh, personal experience. So I've since moving to Wisconsin felt more drawn to the, to the more domestic role of kind of biblically what, where women God has positioned for women to be, that doesn't mean that financially we're in a spot that necessarily I can do that full time. It would be a dream of mine if a hundred percent I could focus on the home and maybe do some things on the side. However, Josh has been so incredibly supportive when I started a new company and he was like, if we're if you want to do this, you know, go all in. Don't don't partially do it you know if we need to invest to get a return then that's what we need to do we kind of had this conversation the other day uh where it was again like the male versus female communication and i'm telling him you know my my new dream is to be at home because i'm feeling really secure in our relationship and marriage which after 20 years you're gonna Every marriage has times where you're not planning on getting divorced or even thinking about it, but you have insecurities in where your communications are. And we've really been working on those things. And so when that security comes from, I know that I can trust and feel safe in 
this space with my husband that gives me freedom to be tap into more of the feminine role that God has positioned for women to be in that we step outside of and become this hyper independent I can do everything attitude um, when we don't feel secure and safe. And so I communicate this thinking it's a compliment to him. What he heard was, I don't want to work. Um, so I need you to get a second job, basically. <laughs> He's like, I'll do whatever I have to do. But I thought this was like what we had planned was working great. Has something changed? And I said, oh, no, I, you know, it took about a day because I was pretty hurt thinking that he he wasn't hearing my compliment. And so I just said, you know, I, I don't think you're hearing me and I'm not hearing you. Let's just revisit this another time. And I it took me about a day to process and talk to a couple people and realize the way it sounded was I just made this executive decision that now that I feel strongly and secure and safe in this position I would eventually like to have that I was making that decision for our family and not going to him and he still was like well yeah I'll do what I have to kind of like what you're saying um, but a little opposite of it doesn't really line up with our current goals short term long term sure but short term you know we need to be doing these things and it, it really pressed into me thinking about even if he's had to come home after work and do a lot of these extras or like a surgery or because right now with my business growing, it's a lot of late night meetings, like after hours, you know, after your nine to five. And the old me would have killed myself in the kitchen to make sure everything was done for him and Titus to a standard that I felt it needed to be so that I didn't feel like I was failing. And then I couldn't show up for the business the way that I needed to. And he really sat me down and was like, we're not asking for that. We're very capable those couple nights a week. Maybe we're not getting the exact nutrition you want us to have, but you can't continue to run the house the way that you're doing it and try to pour into the business and your health. Something has to give. So you need to decide that two nights a week is okay that you're not making everything from scratch or you're not doing all these things. I set these expectations in my head of, what a good mom and wife is supposed to look like and still be able to show up hundred percent for my new job and my business. It was just failing on every level. But to hear my husband say, we've got this, I support you. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Even if it adds stress to his plate, God has positioned men to take those burdens. As long as they're leaning into him, it's manageable. And as long as I fall in line of, and when I say fall in line, that could piss off a lot of people, but women are meant to, if the men are leading, fall in line to what a man's direction is, what their husband's direction is. And that doesn't mean we always have to agree, but out of respect for our spouse, I will do that and have conversation with him about it later or pray about it. And it really took this last couple of weeks of, hearing him and then me going back to the Lord and praying to go, yeah, okay. I may not understand some of this verbiage, but I understand his heart and I see his heart. That is all that matters. I don't mentally need to understand because there's, I'm not a man. I won't get it. No matter how many times you tell it to me, blue in the face, we just <laughs> won't get it. So I had to go back to what's my husband's heart's intention. 
is he leaning into to leading? And I thought, when was the last time I even asked my husband to pray for me? I used to do it all the time. And then I was like, oh, because I got this, I can do it. And so I called the other day and I said, hey, I just really need some prayer. He was so happy to hear me ask that and then to pray for me. He's at work and he's praying for me. And I said, are you sure? I know you're at work. He goes, of course. And I was like, wow, this is so easy. Why did I make it so hard? So (laughs) that's kind of been eye-opening for me. And he was holding me accountable in some way saying, you know, the word if, I think for women is, it's an explosive word. Because he'll say, well, if you just put in a little bit more time here, what could your return be or how much more business could you get? And and I hear the word if, as in you're not doing things. And his thing was, take something off your plate in the house, put that into your business. But the word if is like, fail. That's what I heard. That's not what he was saying. Oh, no. So it took it took a little bit, but it's a it's an exciting, painful growing season because growth is not sunshine and rainbows always, and so I'm excited about this space that we're in. Very overwhelmed and terrified because it is a fully leaning into trusting God that we will be taken care of and not holding on to everything with such a closed fist. Yeah. And that is letting humbling. go a lot, right? Just at times like letting go of mm-hmm. who we thought we were or even letting go of some of the hurt in our life and letting go of control of trying to control everything. Like it's hard. It's very hard. It is. It is. It's that. And, part where you essentially step off the cliff and God's either going to teach you how to fly or he's going to catch you because <laughs> he's not going to let you fall. But your mind thinks because there's no cliff there anymore to walk on that, you know, that it could happen. And you're like, well, he told you to trust him. <laughs> yeah. And I think I got really comfortable. And so I got comfortable for a bit about it. And I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're doing good. We're not, you know, we're paying bills. We've got some money going into savings. You know, things are, things are good. And then it was, oh yeah, but am I returning all of that gratitude to thankfulness in the Lord for that? Or did you just get comfortable with what was happening and things weren't really shaken up? And I think it was probably right before, well, it was I'd say last December when everything kind of started, when we went to visit mom, when I felt, you know, pressed thinking this would be her last Christmas, we should go. And you and I both prayed about it and thought, yes. And our spouses said, Hey, you know, we'll support you in that. Um, I think that was the time where God's like, how much do you really trust me? Because this year is going to be a year. It is going to be full of heartache and pain and, uh, healing and growth and all all of these things that I I could have never imagined when you and I were sitting on the plane last December. If you would have told me everything we would have gone through this year, I would have just laughed at you and been like, "Yeah, right." Really? And so, yeah, because I thought, "Oh, 
things are so much easier. <laughs> like I just had it in my head, I guess. I don't know if I was living in this la la land or I needed that that rest before the storm. And I know that God prepares us for it for everything we have coming or gives us opportunity to be prepared for these things um, and to continue to lean into his rest and grace, which looks very different than your day-to-day. I just want to take a break and have rest. Rest during pain and heartache is not the same as rest in a place where you are feeling higher amounts of happiness and joy and things seem to be going smoothly. And so it's been a big learning curve for me as a mom and wife, I'd say. Would you, would you say that when you moved from the West to the Midwest that you now have a community that helps in that? getting in the right mindset staying in the right mindset um is it harder is it just um, different i do have community that rallies around it's different for me because i had such a strong community back in washington mm-hmm. so sometimes i find myself turning around to lean into the people that I have in Washington, which is so good, but it's important to have that community and lean into that here. And I've been getting better about it. And I had a couple friends who would say, like, it's not fine. You're saying it's fine. It's not fine. Like, let's talk about it. This is what friends are are for. This is what I'm seeing. And ask permissions to be able to speak those things in my life. And obviously, I've always had Kate for that, whether I lived here or in Washington definitely have, you know, Brittany and Aaron for that. Um, and some newer friends that takes more work for me because trusting people I find mm-hmm. or I have found is harder than I thought because I had the same community for 20 years and we've right. been through so many things together and still to this day, I can call them and say any prayer or they'll hold me accountable for an attitude or a statement. But learning to allow that space here has been more work and much harder for me than I thought it ever would have been. Mm, okay. What about you? Uh, well, I recently had my birthday here. Mm-hmm. Celebrated the big 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I impromptu, like, just throw together event where I was like, hey, why don't we just have a fire pit? And people were like, oh, yeah, it's your birthday? Like, they didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were really new friends, right? So wh- why would they know? Like, Yeah. Um, but we just were like, okay, yeah, sure, let's just have it at the house. But we didn't want to have, like, a big thing. We didn't want to go crazy or um, throw it in the house, really. We just wanted it out of the house because we didn't mm-hmm. clean as much and get ready because we've been working so much. Yeah. And it was... It was just really cool towards the end of the night to just look around and just be like, wow, I didn't really have this closeness in years in Washington. For years. I, three and a half years I didn't have that in Washington. 
not for lack of trying. I mean, if you're trying, mm-hmm. it's just, um, and so it's just such a different experience here to look around and go, and they're, they're genuine. They're, they're like going out of their way to be my friend. They're wanting to engage and consistent, you know, trying to get together and follow up and say, you know, they know if it doesn't work, it's family stuff. It's not like we don't want to yeah. hang out. And when they can, um, make it work and go out of their way, they they really find value in me, which is awesome. I'm like, I must have been really just missing this for a long time because I get, I get really filled up from it. But Washington, Brian is different. He was all outgoing and excited and ready to go and wearing and ripping to meet new people. And then now here I'm like, I don't know, you know, like it's, yeah. I got to a point where I was like, I felt like I was 90% doing all the things and my friends were doing 10% mm-hmm. in Washington where now I feel like I do like 40 to 60 and they do 40 to 60 and we're in the middle somewhere. And it's that's amazing. It's amazing. And they've got lifelong friends here. Like a lot of the people here, they came, they grew up here. They're from here. Yes. Yeah, very tight community. And they're, yeah, but it's not like so tight that you can't like get in and fill your way into it. Like mm-hmm. they want, to meet you and be a part of your life in a way that's different than, um, than the West coast where they're really, yeah, tight knit. It stays tight knit. And they're like, who are you? (laughs) You know, know, it's, it's just such a different culture to, to be a part of in a community that I feel like, like genuinely cares about me Mm -hmm. officially or not. They're, they're just, they're not tryhards. They're not trying to like, you know, they're just being themselves and that's been really refreshing brings that, a lot that's something that is something when you say that um not intentional not superficial and i've come to have a different feeling of the word superficial now that we live here mm-hmm. um in business relationships and we chatted about this a little bit but i was recently invited to this dinner um at a restaurant that was being hosted by Don Julio Hospitality. And it was local business owners. There was 27 of us. It was definitely one of those moments where I knew I was invited because of a relationship I had with another business owner. And I could have taken that as an insult, but what it was was an opportunity. And that's how this person explained it to me. is like, this is a great opportunity for networking. Uh, and that that's how these businesses, that's how these relationships grow. I'm sitting at this very long, beautiful table, hearing people talk. And I thought, wow, this is a moment I'm going to remember because I definitely did not feel qualified to be at this, to have a seat at this table, to even be able to engage in conversation. What I did was really listen, engaged when people would ask questions. um, And I had something to say, but it was definitely a moment of, I feel honored to even be here. And I could have looked at it a million different ways. Out of that came some great opportunities for business, but also relationships. And people here are relationship first. And yeah. so I've been looked at a couple of times where people have felt maybe I was superficial because in Seattle, you do the business transactions. And out of that, in time, comes friendships. Here, it is relationships build first, business transactions come second. And so when I'm working to 
build a business relationship, people were feeling a disconnect. Like, I'm just trying to get to know you. And I'm over here like, I'm just trying to build my business and work together in this community because I believe in community connections. It took a a few people telling me, if I didn't know you, this is what I would think. That your intentions are just solely out to build your business, not focused on the relationships in the community as much, but because I know you, you want to do the transaction, then spend all the time having the relationship. Here, it's all the relationship, and then the last hour of your time together is the transaction. And so that has taken some time for me because I was always in Seattle, it's very similar to New York and LA. You get the thing done, and then you can sit back and relax. Here, that's training me to just be in a relaxed state, and everything's just a conversation. It doesn't have to be a transaction. And so that has been hugely eye-opening for me in in the greatest possible way so i'm yeah it's it's inspiring to see things do take a little bit longer but then when they happen they happen fast and it's usually bigger than i thought it would have been so Mm -hmm. i think that's the difference too between the west to the midwest is that kind of transactional feeling now I understand when people are coming from the South or the Midwest and they're like, wow, everybody's icy or they're all about, you know, just their to-do list. Because if we got the list done, then we can relax. And here they're like, you can do both at the same time. Here they're like, the list is going nowhere. It's going <laughs> to be there. Yeah. Let's out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A much more realistic view on the list. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's been it's been interesting to to know and last night we were at this dinner and another group about 15 people and i'm sitting there going wow some of these people are just so radical and amazing and incredible not because of the businesses they own or what they're doing in their life but just their passion for relationships and the excitement they have in getting to know people Typically, I would say I'm the outgoing person in the relationship. And and we've talked about this on the podcast before that Josh, you know, when he's actually out, he is the one. And I did. I sat there quietly last night and just observed and watched and watching him and two of our other friends really just like engaging and getting to know new people. And I'm over here like, I'm so fine if I don't talk to one person. Like, <laughs> It's been a week. You know, when people were really understanding of that, you know, um, Titus, my son, he, I got a call from the school this last week. He collapsed at school, um, passed out and smashed the back of his head. And so he's a very severe concussion. And so we've been in and out of the hospital and working with doctors. And I think in Seattle, the people who were super close to me would have reached out anything I can do. Other community, no. Here, people I don't even know, never met, never heard of, are reaching out. I heard that Titus got hurt. Um, so I know so and so. What can we do? And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, that's your son, and I'm friends with your friends. So, what can I do for you? And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's been it's been really a, 
neat to experience that and and have to tell myself it's okay to say I could use some help. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Gross. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about it. Actually, right now while we're podcasting, um, I'm sitting in front of the very first lake we brought you to when you and Shelby visited. That was frozen. It was the first lake you ever walked on when we uh, went to yeah. the Mexican restaurant. That Mexican restaurant, yep. Yeah, so every time Your Josh and I pass drove onto the ice. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we drove on the lake. So every time we're down here and we see it, we're like, oh, remember how excited they were to, to be on a frozen lake. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Oh, man. But yeah, we got Thanksgiving coming up. So this week, um, I have a uh, a tech meeting down in Milwaukee on mm-hmm. Thursday. So oh. depending on how late it goes, I might try to stay at your place. Sure. Right. Just because I've got to drive down there, and um, well, we have two guest beds ready for you. I'm excited to meet some more people in the tech and like security sector because uh, mm-hmm. they've got. Um, I don't know what you're up on right now, but the latest one is they've um, hackers have taken over the Australian port and completely shut out shut down the entire shipping industry there, and they've got they ransomware their whole system, and I'm looking at um challenges that they're facing going man we used to run that thing on paper and everybody forgot to keep the paper records so that they Mm -hmm. could just up and just keep going essentially sure so i'm seeing this huge need for um companies that rely too heavily on tech to essentially print paper next to their system so that if something does go down they at least can pick up and continue to move forward versus just allowing like the fact that some third party outside of them were compromised and allowed these guys in the back door essentially or some side door that knew about and then all of a sudden the entire building's locked and no one can get in and they can't even run their business because they're locked out and if they had this this paperwork on the side of their system that simply printed that they never used until it went down they would literally be able to pick up and just walk forward, like without mm-hmm. without computer system. It may so, be how did you get established with this company that you're meeting next week? Uh, it's a group. It's a, a group through LinkedIn that I just ran into. Honest, honestly, so I went to a cybersecurity seminar back in April mm-hmm. and met a people in that community, and then um, through that connection, they somehow. The algorithms found us and put us together, you know. And there's really nothing up here in the Fox Cities for that at all. Like, there's no... The Fox Cities, surprisingly, has very little going on in tech in that it's there's some tech companies here, but they're not linked. They all are linked down in Chicago and Milwaukee and, mm-hmm. and Detroit. Like, all these places that, you know, are that's great for them. But, you know, I'm looking at this going, what a huge opportunity to be a part of bringing that kind of connection to the Fox Valley and and in this area. Because we've got massive population up here that is in need of education when it comes to technology and when it comes to their own safety and security online. I just read today, so Experian 
still has the ability for pretty much anybody to go on and steal your account. And then you can steal it back. And then they can steal it back. And then you can steal it back. <laughs> like, oh, that's interesting. Experian will just let people take over your account. And then you can just go and take it back. Just by recreating an account. And um, there's no nobody holding these uh, bureaus responsible. Their bureaus are just... The other two are... Um, they have uh, actual MFA. So they'll actually require... Mm-hmm. What's an MFA? Uh, multi-factor authentication. So... Oh, okay. Some other way to yeah. determine whether you will experience mm-hmm. doesn't. They're like, oh, here you go. Have you, they might they have MFA, but you can add another MFA and then just say you're that person, and then it's they own your account. It's insane. Wow, it's insane to me in 2023 that this is still a problem. It's been a they've had security issues since you know early 2000s. So the fact that they just don't care, they honestly they don't care, and the fact that we're all just like oblivious to it is kind of surprising to me because i had no idea until i read about it and i went oh, and i looked back on it and i went oh my gosh this has been a huge issue for over 20 years and no one's corrected it you know we just got a letter in the mail from titus's old high school back in washington that well, it was two pages and it says that last year last january there was um a compromise in the system somebody hacked the system and if you've got the letter, your information, your address, your social security numbers, everything were compromised. Um, they put phone numbers in there and everything for, hey, this is what you should do to have your kids' stuff protected so that if anything comes up in the next five years, because most parents are not making sure their kids' identity is not getting stolen. Um, so sorry this happened. Our bad. Okay, well, that's almost a year ago now. So why are we just now finding out? What about the, so I called and said, well, what about kids who are in witness protection? Well, they were one of the first ones notified and got taken care of and people with domestic issues, violence issues. Um, You know, we did the best that we could, but, you know, we're sorry. And these things happen. And it was somebody on the inside who leaked all this information. And I thought, there's just no uh, standard of requirements for, hey, your information was stolen a year ago. That should have been stated immediately. Your stuff is compromised. You should be watching for it. Because now these people have had a year to go through the kids' social security numbers, addresses, financials, everything. So to give a little bit of background on how data security works, most companies and most people don't have the level of data security they think they do in that if a system is compromised and you're not actively monitoring that system, you may not know that it's compromised because there's ways for um, threat actors to sit dormant in systems. There's ways for them to um, pull data in a way that um, doesn't trigger alarm bells. Any going alarm up. systems. Yeah. Unless you have the system set up in a way that notifies that. And most companies even don't have the right level of security on their systems. And so a lot of times what will happen is the company will find out much later and then they'll go into reactive mode, which is um, where they uh, most companies will find themselves in and people, organizations, governments. They'll react to what's happening. They'll go through and figure out how to 
get the threat actor out of the system, right? And then from there, it triggers an investigation that can take up to a year to find out what if, and they may never find out everything about what that thing did, whatever that thing did, whatever AI or program mm-hmm. or whatever, phishing. It, the, the, honestly, uh, unless you have the level of security of you know some heavy duty government like you know you're you're talking your nsa's and your cia's and dod's you you may not actually fully realize the extent of it so schools are especially um soft targets um for threat to that level and then now what we've seen happen recently with the sec is there was a company that had some some people in it committing fraud, mm-hmm. right? The CEO and the board of directors and whoever else was in control of the budgets, CFO, did not put enough resources towards their IT data security, right? So then their chief information security officer, CISO, could not effectively do their job in a way that fully protected like the clients and the, and the investors and, and all that. Well. So in the CISO's eyes, they're like, okay, what do I do, right? I I can only do as much as I can with what I have. Well, in their lack of knowledge and not being set up for success, right? So that their lack of understanding of the problem probably played a part, but they, and they probably sugarcoated a bit of it to say, hey, I... Yeah, sure, our security's fine, right? Like you can you can be the guy that's the security guy that jumps up and down and like like freaks out and pisses everybody off mm-hmm. and thing happening and no threat, but the threat comes later when you have decided not to listen to that person and you've potentially fired that person because you're sick of them jumping up and down saying, Hey, we're doing this incorrectly. And now yeah. you have maybe your second or third CISO that you're on that's just the complacent one because that that's who you hired to replace that other CISO. And in that event, what happened was they ended up, the SEC has charged the CISO directly for crime. And regardless of looking at what the CFO did and the CEO did to circumvent the putting resource behind that and recruiting the right person behind mm-hmm. that, and supporting that person and their team in that security. So we've created now a situation where if you're in a public company and you're a CISO, you better get a million dollars a year because you need to to factor in that you could potentially be charged with things that are outside of your control. It takes a team to run security, a whole entire team. So what what would you recommend for a family, okay, just for their own protections, and say like a small business like mine, like what companies can we hire or go to that can help ensure our data security? So the biggest thing a family can do is get a shared password manager that is actually secure. Mm-hmm. That's the lowest bar item that people can do to protect their information because what it does is it you only have to remember one password, just a single password. You can create passwords that are insanely hard to guess, right? Letters, characters, upcase, lowercase, numbers, everything. You don't ever have to remember the whole thing. 
And then you set up dual factor authentication mm-hmm. through TrueDuo, which I typically I will tell people don't use Google and don't use your text messaging. Use an actual app for authentication. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with Google is that um, the Google authentication allows for for um, online cloud backup. So if your Google account is compromised, they have all your dual factor. They have all of it. They can get at your oh. bank, right? Or if text messaging, if someone's able to clone your phone, your device, they will get the text message. So they can, they can circumvent that as well. Versus if you have like a Duo or a um, Microsoft Authenticator, which... Microsoft has the ability for you to sync to the cloud. I would suggest not doing that. Just simply, and the trouble is there, if you lose your device, you're going to have to go through a lot of work to um, mm-hmm. to regain access to all your things. But those two things, if you have a password manager that's actually secure, um, LastPass has proven its inability to keep your information secure. So I would definitely shy away from LastPass <laughs> as, um, uh, as an option. Look into... Mm-hmm like one password um who who can actually uh through their system they're actually dual authenticating who you are in your device each time so it's it's essentially mm-hmm. a tool where they give you a vault and they give you the key for it which is a secret key and then you you have your password and they don't they don't have your password i mean they have it in their system but it's not something they can give out like if they go after your account, they're either going to have your password without your your secret key, or they're going to have your secret key without your password. Right? There's mm-hmm. you have to turn the two keys at once in order for that vault to open, and it's why they've remained so secure. And then they have security protocols in place in their backend to see if they're under attack. Right? Got and they've compartmentalized a lot of their data to the point where if you access one side, you can't get into the other side. Right? And they've mm-hmm. proved ability. So finding a good password manager and creating really hard to remember passwords for each of your logins, making sure none of them are the same, and just remembering the single uh, password for everything, and then turning on that dual factor, that's going to take you from about 10% security to about 80. Like, it's not the whole thing. It's not. Yeah, but but it's more than most. We're the problem, right? Users are the issue, right? We find that doing things differently is harder. So we typically won't do them. People just inherently are, they're creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you create better habits, it, it totally pisses my wife off that we have dual factor on so many mm-hmm. things. But I tell her, I'm like, look, when's the last time we got hacked? You know what I'm saying? Like, when's the last time yeah. you were warned? And there's times where I've had warnings come through Apple device telling me, hey, this password has been compromised on this system. So I do like that Apple and some of these other uh, password managers can actually go to the dark web and they can look and see if certain things were compromised. Where if people aren't using these tools at all, they're just like using the same password for all their things, which happens a lot, a lot more than we want. I know, it's wild to me. And then they they freak out and think, oh, woe is me, I'm I'm hacked. Uh, You kind of set yourself up for failure there. And maybe not knowing. Right. I don't want to assume that everybody knows these simple facts. Right. They're simple, but they're not well known. They're not like mm-hmm. we weren't raised with this. Like our parents did not do this. We have to no, be the one. Because we grew up when the internet started. So there's no way we could have been taught this stuff. Right. So that's the low bar. Like if you just get a good password manager and then 
dual factor, a bunch of things, you're going to be a lot better off than a lot of the world. And then fishing attempts, if you get better at fishing attempts where they're saying, oh, you've been compromised, click here. Well, get better about understanding that most companies are never going to send you that stuff like that. They're just not. They're going to yeah. They're not gonna send you an email saying, please sign in here to fix your thing. And they tell <laughs> often, don't click on things like that. Those are phishing attempts. Like, yeah. And then sometimes I'll get phished and then it'll say, you know, call this number. I'll go on the internet and I will research that company and I will yep. find the company's number and I will call them directly. And I will say, did you send me this? 10 out of 10 times. They're like, hell no. <laughs> we didn't yeah. send you. You know, don't click on that thing. Do not fill out that form and do not give away your credentials, right? It's like that link that you get from UPS saying you have a package that's supposed to be delivered, but we don't have the correct address or it was undeliverable. Please click this link to verify. Oh, yeah, the text fish. That's a text mm -hmm. fish. Yeah, yeah. Huge issue, right? At Apple, I would say, is doing a lot better job at securing our information than Google. So simply changing to an Apple device can help increase your security as well. Um, but it's just being smart. Don't click on the, well, here's the thing too, the, the guys from Dubai, whatever the Prince of Dubai, you know, attempt to, you know, give you money or whatever. Yeah. Those are actually turning their hackers. Aren't using that as often. AI is getting involved in a lot of these things The um, the literacy of AI is much better. So you're not having these issues with like language barrier being an issue anymore. They're actually mm -hmm. the language barrier and they're using attempts like, really low bar attempts to try to get you to give them information. It's like stuff where, Hey, haven't seen you in a while. How have you been? And it's like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like that's the fish. It's the, it's the initial, Hey, are you still in California or whatever? They find where you live in the state and I'm, I'm, I'm in the state and I want, and then if you engage and say, who is this? They're like, Ooh, real person. Here we go. And then they start to run down the AI actually is usually mm -hmm. on the other it's not a person. Oh, wow. It's AI talking to you, trying to get you to engage in, in giving up information. And it could be multiple different attempts from multiple different quote mm -hmm. unquote phone numbers or people, you know, and depending on the information you gave the one, they can use that, you know, through other attempts to get other information through sure. other channels. And it's, it's just crazy. There's no way to keep up with AI right now unless you are working with a company that fights AI with AI, like mm -hmm. how crazy it is. So it's, it's crazy out here. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. It's overwhelming it, a little bit. It's just making sure that we're doing the, the couple things we can right now to change. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. people really need to do something like doing nothing is, is worse than doing something. Right. And, Hey, now they know. Like we got the word out there, right? Like if they Well, we'll they, have to post a link to One Pass. Is that what you said it was? Uh One Password, yeah, the number one and password. Yeah. I would um, suggest I've done a lot of research yeah, there. So, a little bit more cost. And there's, there's a disclaimer like, that we one, we have no affiliation with them. Two, nope. it's it's personal use only. There's no guarantees for anything when it comes to technology. That's just mm -hmm. what a personal preference is. Uh, so if something happens, you know, that's a decision that we each make for ourselves and, and that's it. That that's, we just put that out there for, for people. <laughs> yep. I think that's important. Well, and there's, I'll put another one out there called key pass. It's, um, 
it's that's not, one I've used. Yeah, it's PC based, right, or Linux based, or or whatever. Yeah. Only for one user, and it's mm-hmm. and it, the challenges there is it's great for one person. Yeah, but if you try to share it, it's it falls apart. It, it's a very mm-hmm. secure um, password manager in that it's trying to authenticate that you are you and you are the one and there's no one else. And so in that instance, it's hard to share. But if you want ultra security for no cost and you want to implement that yourself and put it on your device and and use it, yeah, that's another great option for you as well. So I'm going to definitely, I'll share a link of that one too as well. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. Wow, we went over a lot today. Hey, hot topics. <laughs> I'm just What's glad your tip for the week? What's your tip for the week going into this next week for people? Personal, emotional, mental, marriage, business, whatever. Uh, I think there's a song from Frozen. Is it Let It Go? Oh, Lord. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. There's a, I'm, uh, through my therapy, I've, I've been learning to let a lot of things go that, um, with mom passing, I, uh, mm-hmm. I was lot of grief well some of that grief has surfaced in anger some of that anger is because i want to be in control of things that yeah business being in control of and it's learning to let just let it go that's my tip let it go what's your tip sighing is not bad sometimes we, we have this big sign. We think, oh, man, people are going to know I'm stressed. Sighing is scientifically proven to release stress. So just take that deep breath and sigh. Let it go. There it is. <laughs> We're just reinforcing it. You're just letting that stress that gets built up. And I was like over here thinking, oh, that song, let it go. I hate it so much. But uh, that, I guess, is our theme for the week. <laughs> If you're feeling like you, you're really struggling with anything, you can do a big sigh and that immediately lowers the blood pressure or they have a, what's called the double inhale. It's a, and then a, another quick one. Oh, really? And letting, letting that air out. So a full inhale through the sinuses and then another fast one. So you get that extra boost and then out through the mouth. And that will lower cortisol, it lowers the adrenals. So, you know, scientists now are suggesting you do that, you know, a few times in the morning, a few times in the evening. I do it intentionally just because I find sometimes when I'm anxious, I hold my breath and get tense. And so it reminds me to just really let all the oxygen go through my body. So, yeah, we'll just, that's the theme for the week. Let it go. (laughs) Well, until next time. Yeah. By the way, you look fabulous in your getup. Thank you. I've been trying to put a little effort into presentation, not for anybody but myself, because I found that with everything going on, if you're not always feeling great, and my hair's just in a messy bun and walking around in sweatpants, I'm going to continue to not feel so great. Sometimes Mm. you got to put yourself together to realize that. Yeah, you can do this. It's like putting on a warrior's outfit almost. Yeah. Just doing your hair. It's like, I got this now. I can do anything. <laughs> got the armor. Like, yeah. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate you noticing that. Heck yeah. Well, I love you. And I'm really glad I love we, you too. we got together this week. 
Me too. I know it's been wild. We've been a little inconsistent. That's on me. And thank you for giving me grace in that with everything I've had going on. So oh yeah, I'm excited to get back into a consistent mode here. Excellent. Well, all right. Kick Happy butt. week. Happy week. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Glad we didn't crash. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. Please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you podcast. 